0: Stephen Ryan. Adam, are you I, well? I'm great. I'm great. I, I'm going to start with an apology because I left Grovel. you hanging.
1: Gravel, bitch. Yeah,
0: I, I, uh, I got a. For, for the listeners, I was in IKEA this evening. And I got a text off Stephen going, "What's what's the story?" And it was only then I realised, "Oh shit, we were supposed to record tonight, and here I am, off looking at my uh, my frogs."
1: Yeah, I so I was expected I, to just put the podcast together myself, like they do to you in IKEA.
0: Well, if you could, uh, if you could do an impression of me, I I'd, I'd have no problem with you, uh with doing it. But I saw a weird thing when I was out there, and to be honest, I wasn't even out for any particular. I awesome, wasn't looking for anything. It's just our mate Rory and and his girlfriend were like, "Hey, we're we're going to IKEA for some stuff. Do you want to come?" And I I'll jump at any at any chance to go
1: to IKEA because I think it's great. I'm not mad on IKEA. Like, I I don't mind it, but I'm not madness. I love I I
0: love the one way system. I think it it really it's logical and it makes you feel comfortable because you're not particularly lost, and I just like looking at what other people would put together as, as a house and stuff. I like going in and just walking around and thinking, oh, maybe someday this could be the way i do a house or, oh, I'd do this differently and that kind of thing. It's a very um curated and and comfortable atmosphere.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, f- I, get, I find I get tired when I'm there.
0: Do you know what they've started doing since the last time I was there? Wow. They give rooms their own smell. Oh. Yeah, so we were in one kind of very homely kind of place where you sit by a roaring fire type living room mm. and there was the smell of a of a uh, a wood fire oh yeah it's very like the, the detail they put into it is insane yeah that something is a bit not odd. right about those Swedes but one thing I, I saw that when I was in there and I had to say it to the other people that I was with hey did you spot this because I thought maybe I'm going mad or maybe I'm being just really presumptuous but there was this Indian couple going around an Indian couple a couple of Indians Uh, I don't think it's anything to do with where they're from it's just a weird thing for a person to do they were taking pictures of each other in the rooms as if that was their actual house and I was looking at them going are they going to put that on Facebook for all the people back in their home country and be like Oh this is my house uh, Everything's going great
1: I don't know Maybe uh, Like
0: like you know the way If you have a friend Who's living abroad yeah. All their pictures On Instagram and stuff Are amazing They look like They're having the greatest life But if yeah, you go yeah. over and visit them The apartment they're in Is tiny Or It's you know some Something Under the surface Isn't The life you see On social media That it just Really got me Of going Oh my god What if what if they're curating this IKEA life?
1: I can't imagine that that was what you saw, but I can't imagine that that's what was happening like.
0: it, um, I don't know. I mean, that's what in my head I went, no, they, they can't be doing this. Because you know the way when you're in IKEA and you're walking around, inevitably you see the same couple of groups because you're going at the same pace in the same direction. Mm. And like they stopped in so many rooms And were posing like comfortably, like this is this is my place that they what they definitely weren't doing, which is what Rory was going around doing, taking pictures of, you know, labels and tags and stuff so he could find what he wanted when we got to the end. Like they were standing a good bit away from each other. So they were getting good wide shots of them in the room. They weren't focusing on an item. And it was just so.
1: Would you say maybe, maybe they were trying to get ideas for room design?
0: No, because the focus of the picture was the person, not the room, which is why it struck me as so curious, because if you're getting a feel for for room design, no one needs to be in it. In fact, you're probably going to want no one to be in it so you can get in every detail. But it was very much the focus of here's me in this room, like someone's holiday photos. you know, when you're like oh, look, here's a picture of, you know, Sagrada Familia, but we got to get someone in it because otherwise we just have a random picture of Sagrada Familia that you could get on on Google. And then when you print out the photos, inevitably you have to show your whole family whenever you use to print out photos and stuff. It it just, yeah, it, it really felt like, they were taking pictures of them in the room rather than off the room
1: and were they buying anything or picking things up as they went along or no they weren't inspecting any labels
0: no and they were dressed like nice you know what i mean like not everyone else kind of just went in there Oh, we're going to our IKEA clothes and it was just so
1: like i really i really kind of hope the that, that that they're curating some sort of ridiculous something i i, I like there's a part, big part of me that hopes that that's the case because well, I, that's kind of funny.
0: Yeah, it, it's so weird that, yeah, th- that's why I had to ask Christina, what what did she think? Because I was coming up with these narratives in my head where this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. What are these people doing? And she mm. went, yeah, no, I thought that as well. It looks, it really looks like they're, you know, and do people, you know, you, you, you can't get away with that kind of scam for long. Because eventually someone will go through your Instagram and think, Hold on a second! You've got three living rooms in in the last month. What the fuck's going on?
1: Yeah, I mean it's a curious, like, you know. Unless I don't know, I it's just such a bizarre thing. If if there's truth in it, you calling me a lawyer, mate? No, but like, if uh, like like we've settled on the fact that these people are scamming their friends yeah. on the internet. If that is the case, that's a, it's just such an odd thing to be at.
0: What I'm going to do, I think, do some research for the next time we, we speak is go on to Instagram and search the IKEA Dublin hashtag just to see if at least they put a picture saying we were in IKEA in Dublin, you know, if it's tagged that way. I mean, there's no other way I'll find them any other mm. way. But What age? They were, I'd
1: say, in the, in the
0: 25 to, to 30 age range.
1: Okay, so there would be Instagram age group.
0: Exactly, yeah.
1: Mm. I'm curious. Curiouser and curiouser.
0: Yeah, and I just, yeah, I, I'm glad we were recording tonight because I probably would have forgotten that story by next week. It's so bizarre.
1: I was in the park. I was in the park the other day. I was in the park today. I went for a walk. I was in the park the other day and I saw big bulbous cock-shaped mushrooms.
0: Uh... Shaped like bulbous cock or just bulbous?
1: Uh, they were bulbous. But anyway, I was looking at these and I thought... Mm. See, I joined a group on Facebook called Mushroom Foragers. Right. And <laughs> I got it in my head... It sounds anyway,
0: like a euphemism, Stephen, you know that.
1: I got it in my head that I wanted to see what the mushrooms that I saw... You know, what to find out a bit about them, so... I sent it off to my mushroom foragers group, and they said, "Oh, they're can't remember what they're called, ink something mushrooms, and delicious. Fry them up with a bit of butter, a bit of salt and pepper, lovely." And I went back to the park and some bastard to take my mushrooms.
0: What? I can't. That like, I'm more interested in the group than I am the mushrooms. So I I think maybe let's park the mushrooms and come back to them in a second. Why are you in the group about mushrooms?
1: I got it in my head. I wanted to find out a bit about mushrooms.
0: So no one told you about this group. You just put mushrooms into the search bar on Facebook and were like, let's, let's see where I go. Yeah. What do they talk about?
1: It's mostly people like me sharing a picture of mushroom going, here lads, what's this mushroom?
0: And would you recognize some recurring mushroom experts?
1: There's a good few different people who've answered. Like I put up two different types of mushrooms that I saw in the park. One was the bulbous cock shaped mushrooms. Mm hmm. And the other was a kind of a forlorn looking mushroom that had dots on the top of it. Right. And I put up both of them. Now, apparently both of them are edible mushrooms. Yeah. But the the first ones were like grand edible. But second ones are poisonous until they're cooked.
0: It, does the page have a tendency to be funny or do people take their mushroom business very seriously
1: take their mushroom bu- business very seriously serious page about right. mushroom finding
0: okay so are you going to go hunting mushrooms there again
1: well when i see a mushroom i'm going to I'm I, like since i okay it was only yesterday when i i shared my mushroom picture and they all came back to me going oh it's this type of mushroom and they're lovely um and the other one was like oh it's this type of mushroom um and it's edible but it, be careful kind of a job
0: now considering how much you've emphasized the the shape and over of this mushroom uh, is this the kind of thing you're going to be cutting before you eat
1: yeah you've to peel it aha
0: the the the, the old style
1: you've to peel back the skin
0: you'll be having a mushroom breath
1: and and then you cut it up and fry it. But I was reading about this mushroom, and if you don't like cook it, you know, within a couple hours of picking it, it'll all mm-hmm. disintegrate to nothing. Right. It's kind of puffy.
0: When did you join this mushroom group?
1: Um, a few weeks ago.
0: So you're, you've reached the the mushroom research phase of lockdown.
1: Yeah, that's okay. what I'm at now.
0: And all that time you could have spent out running.
1: Well, I'm, I mean, I haven't invested that much time into my mushroom, but I'm kind of... It, it, uh, it's, it's, I'm inhabiting this space at the minute.
0: Are you finding you're establishing any other kind of habits, good or bad? How do you mean? Well, I don't imagine searching for, searching for mushroom groups is something you would have done in February.
1: No, probably not. I mean, with with kind of figuring out how cooking and... Cooking works and how stuff works. That's kind of been my fixation recently. Today I did get a wine bottle and got a glass cutter and cut the wine bottle to make a vase out of it. Cool.
0: How did it work? Did it turn out nice?
1: Turned out okay. I was kind of pleased enough with it. I cut it fairly cleanly. But yeah, I was kind of wondering about that then what I could make out of bottles that I can cut.
0: Or what else you can use that to cut?
1: Mostly bottles. It's battle cards. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: I was going to ask you um i want want to see this picture of you in your baseball hat
0: i uh I don't have a baseball hat
1: you we talked about you in a baseball hat in one of the episodes recently, and you sent me a picture that your mother had bought you a baseball hat,
0: oh yeah, she'll be delighted you bring bringing it up
1: so I want to see this picture of you in a baseball hat
0: yeah she she bought me um a nice floral um, baseball hat. But it's in Kilkenny. Uh, so I need to go down and, and get it. But I am going to Kilkenny next weekend. So uh, I'd say for, for a social the weekend uh, or the week of between the 8th and the 15th. I'll have a nice photo of me in a hat.
1: So the next time we are on the pa- I want to have a picture of you and the hat on the page.
0: It's not going to be pretty.
1: I just will enjoy it.
0: Yeah, I mean I really I really um I, I, yeah, I I'm curious what what it's going to look like. Is there anything you think just doesn't suit you?
1: No, everything suits me, Adam.
0: <laughs> is you there's a great line in I I can't remember who's, what son of comedian's joke. is. I think it's maybe Grand uh, Brace, Brace, Brendan Grace the Irish comedian who talked to a 2 for elf sitting in a bar and says, tell me, was it you or your brother who died at sea? Was it you or your brother who has the collection of military hats?
1: It's Richard.
0: He's far more interesting than you in almost every way.
1: He's got an interesting collection of military hats, yeah. And hats generally. He's, he got me, he went to Italy earlier in the year and got me a pretty cool, uh, not tricorn hat.
0: What's that when it's at home?
1: A tricorn hat it's one of those hats with three with three corners on it like you see pirates wearing.
0: Let me tricorn hat. Oh yeah, 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 I can picture it now. Um does it look good on you?
1: It looks class. Okay. With, at start of lockdown, I I put it up in the press, but at start of lockdown I used to wear it while watching telly.
0: <laughs> like a smoking jacket for your head.
1: Yeah, it's just uh, I thought it was class.
0: Okay, what else would you be wearing while you're doing this?
1: Whatever else I was wearing, like my pajamas or whatever.
0: My pajamas, uh, Stephen. That's fucking brilliant.
1: So yeah, like yeah, I would was...
0: like you to thank. I would like to thank you for an image that will never leave
1: my conscience. <laughs> so yeah, that was very much my early lockdown phase.
0: Did this coincide with your margarita phase as well? Oh no, your mojitos. My
1: mojitos. It's not a gay drink, <laughs> mojito. <laughs>
0: <laughs> was this
1: were you sitting
0: uh watching Minder in your pajamas with a tricorn hat and a mojito ma- in your hand?
1: I wasn't watching Minder. You don't see Minder until you much anymore. <laughs> but yes, I was enjoying. I was enjoying wearing my tricorn hat. I might bring it back out again for a while. I've yeah. And forgotten about it. Tell me this and tell me no more. The last time we were talking, you were up in arms. Any update on that?
0: Uh, I Like, you said to me after we stopped recording, I should try and write an article about that. And I said to you, there'll be no point. Tomorrow, there'll be, it, it'll either be forgotten or there'll be an update. And absolutely, typically, there was an update the very next day. So much so that by the time we actually published the podcast, the news had... Basically, the uh, situation had almost been rectified. So what's happened now is... Jesus, maybe it's changed again since I last read about it. But people on social welfare can go to any of the uh, um, greenlit states or countries without fear of losing their uh, welfare benefits, as long as they get it approved by welfare beforehand. Uh, They still can't go to any of the non-greenlit places, which is still bollocks.
1: Yeah, I find that nearly worse, nearly more of an insult. Because it's like they're admitting to using it as leverage
0: Yes and when uh, Jesus I was going to say Francis Fitzgerald um, When the, the Minister Humphreys w- was reeling this back basically She didn't say it was wrong she, uh, or she didn't say what she was doing was wrong She said it was a communication issue uh, More that people should have been informed about this Not that the actual uh, policy itself was, was wrong which is the most non apology I've ever heard I thought that was pretty fucking poor order
1: yeah no i mean ultimately if you're telling like i get, i understand right that if your payments are stopped for 2 weeks after the you know the logic of 2 weeks after because you wouldn't be eligible to work but if you can't go anywhere your instructions are to stay at home i don't don't quite follow the logic
0: well it like if you're it,
1: quarantining and you're, I mean, that's where you're going to be applying for your jobs anyway. You're not walking from door to door handing out CVs. Well, if you here's were, the thing. If you were encouraged to walk from door to door to hand out CVs in the middle of coronavirus, if that's what you'd do, then I'd understand. But they're not saying that either. So it's just bollocksology.
0: Well, here, there was some talk now and I can't remember how, how definite it is, but they say in those two weeks of quarantining, you're not going to be able to look for work anyway because you can't leave the house. So there is an assumption that the way you look for jobs is by going out and pounding the streets, which shows a major misunderstanding on the government's behalf of how jobs are fucking found
1: now oh um, it really does yeah I mean it's especially because, in coronavirus when you can yeah
0: what it what it assumes is that it, to be honest if you I don't even think this is a tinfoil hat I think it's it's maybe a fair assumption it's a very classist way of assuming what kinds of people are on benefits because if they say well if you have to quarantine you can't find work the assumption is that the kind of work you're finding is jobs on a high street which yeah. you know the implication is well you can't possibly you know be on welfare in an office because you know you you can like you you don't walk into an office and, and ask for a job there you email and you you find them on you know recruitment sites so mm. the, the assumption is well You can't walk into Starbucks and ask for a job if you're, you know, uh, doing quarantine. It's extremely classist.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's. And I was looking at the. uh, Now, I don't fully understand, but I saw a picture of social welfare people in the airport. And I was kind of looking at it and I was going, what entitlement do they have to go up to people and ask their business?
0: Now there is a this this could be coming to the ground now where I completely don't understand what I'm saying because I I didn't read up on this completely um comprehensively, there are there are there is a caveat in a, a social welfare act that allows them to go and do routine checks in airports in terms of of checking on welfare fraud, but also I think one of the grounds they wanted to get in on was under some kind of terrorism act that we had, which would be extremely terrible optics, to put it lightly, getting getting mm. welfare people on, on terror on, on the same blanket that you'd look for a terrorist. It's rotten to to the core of the whole thing telling people you can't travel. And like a lot of these people aren't technically out of work. They're just, you know, temporarily out of work. They'll have something to go back to yeah. just the company can't afford to to have them there right now. It's it was so awful. And in the same week where there was war about ministers getting more money to be cutting off this money for people who actually need it who aren't already on oh, yeah, over a yeah, hundred yeah. grand a year is so
1: awful. Yeah. No. The whole thing I find is very, very annoying overstepping their mark at a time where there's an element of trust between government and and the populace needed.
0: Yeah. And it just
1: like. And certainly there's an element of trust that it, while it's needed, it's also, it's not being given freely at the minute because, because people are a little bit, a little bit exhausted of, of, of shitty politics. And there's a strong belief that they don't know what they're doing.
0: Uh, and rightly so. I mean, it's, yeah, like I, I was no fan of Leo, but, but. So much of what Martin is coming out and saying in the last few days just shows the lack of mm. understanding on, on fucking anything. Like he's just looks like Lord Voldemort in a suit. Yeah, it's we we we've currently got an extremely unempathetic government, and now is, is is the time for empathy. And I know at the start, you know, I mean, the fact that a COVID a COVID payment existed at all is is great. But even the COVID payment itself hints at further. Uh, uh, uh class divisions. That mm-hmm. they, the fact that it's so much higher than social welfare. Yeah. It, is, it it assumes that the government think the people out of work deserve more money because maybe they're more uh, productive members of society or their 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 that, that, that the that lifestyle is, that would change, but from the jobs they would lose is worth more than. That it is was. a good
1: observation. Yeah.
0: Um, which you know bollocks.
1: Yeah, I mean I understand that. Um, I understand that some people out of work, the shock of it and the lifestyle change of moving. You know, if you have bills that you believed that you could pay because you were just holding on this job for forever and a day and all of a sudden you weren't. I, I understand that as an issue, but also social welfare is just way too low anyway. Yeah. I mean, no, for, I somebody, mean you... for somebody who is trying to trying to earn a wage who is is i mean that's a costly thing to, to be and there's a lot of things that it's expensive to be poor
0: absolutely it's it, expensive it, it's to so be poor. prohibitive
1: i mean everything because you can't you can't make plans like even if you're saying living in a village and you don't have work you mightn't be able to afford a car. And because you can't afford a car, you can't go to Lidl or Aldi and get the cheaper food. you know, that's just an example of how it's expensive to be poor. Well,
0: it's also extremely prohibitive. Uh, God, we're recording this late at night. I haven't even had a beer yet and I'm already talking a head. It, it's extremely prohibitive as well. Also, in terms of geographical boundaries. So if you're on HAP, which is the, the housing assistance scheme, if say if you're in Kilkenny and mm. you're getting assistance with your rent, if you want to move to Dublin, say, uh, not because you have a job, but you reckon you've got a better, a better, um better chance of getting a job there, you know, because maybe the, the qualifications that you have, there's no jobs like that in Kilkenny. It's very difficult to get that welfare transferred because the logic is, well, we're already helping with your house here. If you move out, then you that means you've decided you've got the means to move out and you could lose that payment. That, that's assuming then even if a landlord is going to take a half payment because they don't have to. Yeah. So if you're given, let's call it a council house, even though council house is, is the wrong term, it's very hard to actually leave that house once you get it because...
1: Social be- housing.
0: Yes. Social housing is the perfect phrase for it. Yeah. It, it, well, because it is what it is. Um, it, It's very hard to get out because there's an implication you won't get it again this is your house stay there and mm. if you're if you're stuck somewhere rural and your qualification for example say in my case like a, a media qualification you're fucked
1: yeah yeah it's it's you can't make that move it's more difficult to make that move
0: yeah so so you're still you're stuck with the question of do i stay where i am and live the life i have on social welfare and know i have a roof over my head or do I try and and move somewhere where it's very likely for the first few months I can't afford rent, but maybe I'll get a job. You're taking a gamble as opposed to safety. And so many people talk about, oh, welfare cheese, welfare fraud. They're doing this because it's easy for them. But so many people must be thinking, well, actually, the risk that, that I'm taking yeah. isn't worth it.
1: Like for somebody, say, who's after losing their job and they want to, they're going, Ugh you know, I, I'm really kinda stuck between a rock and a hard place here. I've been working for six years and I've been very I've been just thrown out I uh, uh of the job. I kinda need to upskill. Yeah. But then they're telling you, Oh, you've to be on the the dole for X amount of time before you can be entitled to back to school allowances and Yeah. So there's no you know it's basically saying you have your your lot has to get worse instead of just offering that assistance to people who who are looking to better themselves.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's not fair at all. Like on one hand, you 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 can make that argument of well, you know, the state isn't the goal of the state isn't to give you an incentive not to be contributing to society but 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 that's a very you know uh libertarian maybe not libertarian just straightforward capitalist way of of looking at things this this free market bollocks that well why would we pay for you to 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 use your example of back to education why would we pay for you to default onto state funding to you know to to go back to education to further yourself in the same industry or to change industry or whatever uh what why would we fund you to do that where your goal of it is to be more profitable as a person you, you know that that kind of thinking is is so short term because if someone is upskilling then at the end of it they're going to be earning more because of it and therefore they're paying more tax like it mm. it all feeds back in at the end but we we are so far from having the kind of socially minded government that would that would would help with that kind of thing. That any mobility is is, is extremely prohibitive. Oh yeah,
1: they're oh, it's so bloody reactive. Mm. What we need is a strong leader like this guy on my new uh, battle opener, Napoleon Bonaparte.
0: I where what what were his beliefs, uh in terms of
1: society? His beliefs were give everything to France. <laughs> and particularly Napoleon. <laughs>
0: particularly to me. Uh, so he he I mean what well, he he was he would call himself an emperor.
1: He was an emperor, yeah.
0: Yeah, so he definitely wouldn't have had any notions of helping the poor.
1: No, he was um, he was very much for Napoleon. A Real jerk. I don't know. I I have, I have a soft spot for Napoleon.
0: I know you do. It's very strange. Is he your favorite dictator?
1: He's definitely the one I fixate on most. Mm. Anyway, I best go because it's getting late, and I want to watch Naked Gun Two and a Half.
0: Great choice. Yeah. Great, great. Um. Now, now that I am, I'm, I'm just trying to think. I, I, he, he's a person I would really be disappointed if some bad news in the media came out about him because I think he's he's very funny and he's very good. Who? Leslie Nielsen.
1: And he's dead a few years.
0: Ah, uh, well, it, all the news would have come out then by now. That's fair.
1: Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I think. I think he was, he was a good guy, and and so are they all in that program. Um, uh, O.J. and um, that one with the the massive boobs.
0: I, I, even if I hazard a guess at that, it's going to color my uh, my character very much. So I'm going to have to make you guess at who you're talking about there.
1: What was her name? She remember she was she was a playboy bunny, and she married a really old guy. Anna Nicole Smith. Anna Nicole Smith. Do
0: you know what? I, I knew well it was Anna Nicole Smith you were talking about. But I, it's such a, in today's society, it's such a fucking weird reference to make. She used to have her own TV show. And the I opening credits were how about, about how she married uh, an old guy and waited for him to die. Like, Jesus. That, like, how she approved that. Even, like, the intro uh, animation gave her the villain edit like that. That was insane.
1: It was, yeah, yeah. It was, and it's worth the look. People, if you're listening, you should go gu- uh YouTube and then Nicole Smith opening team tune.
0: Yeah, make sure you put in uh team tune and not just opening because <laughs>
1: we,
0: we 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 can't be sure.
1: Um, okay. On that note, I'm away to watch Naked Gun. Okay,
0: don't call me Shirley.
1: Don't call me Shirley. Good luck. Bye bye. Bye bye.